Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rob Burton. It's good to be here. And just before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by First Look. First Look is PreparedX's self-guided simulation exercise service. It's a mouthful. It allows you to deliver a simulation exercise that is designed by our team of exercise specialists and delivered by you. Check out preparedx.com slash first look for more details. Well, today I am joined by uh, Bruce McKindo, uh, who is the founder of iJet and World Aware, which uh, I think it was back in 2020, Bruce, when you were acquired by Crisis 24. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Garda World were part of that uh, um, that deal. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and now you lead uh, McKindo Risk Advisory. So welcome to the show, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks. So just before we jump into a couple of questions here for you, Bruce, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your career so far and uh, maybe up as far as uh, your risk advisory work today. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a long arc since I started <laughs> in the 70s, but uh, yeah. I would say it's a very eclectic. Um, my undergraduate uh, degrees in high energy physicist, uh, and then I was went to uh, Johns Hopkins at the Applied Physics Lab, switched to computer science and got a master's in that, and then uh, worked for NASA briefly and a few other the agencies, and then got involved in the intelligence community for 14 years, primarily with NSA. Mm-hmm. And uh, toward the end of that, I uh, was very enamored with open source uh, information and intelligence production from open source and uh, in discussion with the director of NSA and what we were doing with a project called Interlink, uh, exited and started a company to do that in uh, October of 1999, which was iJet International. So that was a uh, indication and warning, continuous threat reporting for global companies and grew that company to a sizable size with uh, probably I don't know, 13, 1400 of the global 3000 is claimed uh-huh. wow. and, you know, driving their awareness, uh, which is what we're going to talk a little bit today about threat. And, yep. uh, and then of course, incidents when it actually does manifest itself and all of that, uh, working through protocols to in- increase preparedness or execute a response. And uh, so from that, uh, the company was sold, as you said, in 2020, started this company, uh, work with a cadre of about 2022 um, consultants around different projects, working from board and executive level to understand, you know, value generating objectives that they have. And as I say, we're in the certainty management business, right? So yes, risk creates uncertainty, but right. what we want to do is mitigate that and help them be more certain that they're going to achieve those objectives. And so all that spans underneath that. 
Excellent. Well, I look forward to hearing some more about oh, yeah. uh, work in the field uh, as it uh, relates to today. So I'd love to, I know we, when we started off uh, going backwards and forwards, a couple of emails, Bruce, um, of course, wealth of experience in terms of the topic. So uh, the one we landed on, though, was the geopolitical space. I know you're doing some great work at the moment uh, in the space. And, um, you know, we're doing some at the moment as well over at PreparedX. So I thought it was just a great topic to, to jump into. So why don't we start off um, by, you know, from a high level standpoint, what are you doing at the moment as it relates to the geopolitical environment well i think every, anyone listening to this knows that the world order has been completely disrupted uh by the you know russian war in ukraine and all the cascading effects of that uh but it was also the backdrop of that well that you know is kind of like a major issue that uh, perturbated the whole system it had been evolving for years and with china being the major actor right mm -hmm. and and you know all of this and the pandemic has really stirred the pot and so there's huge demand for uh you know i think in your write-up you mentioned the word you know prediction of 2023 well you know as an intelligence analyst i don't we're not in the crystal ball business so, <laughs> so i talk about forecasting um but uh you know all all the clients i work with which are you know fortune 200 companies and and other global companies uh you know i think any company in the world given the the cascading and knock off effect knockdown effects of of this whole issue it's affecting every company right so supply oh. chain and and recession and inflation and food security and water and all the things that are going on so so i do uh consulting for companies much like you helping them think about how do they build resilience around this and how do they respond how do they detect uh -huh. first you right. know how, what are the indicators and then how do they respond uh, and then I do uh, forecast briefings every quarter with a range of different associations, groups, companies uh, for their, you know, typically crisis management teams or their business yep. continuity teams, those kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of been rolling forward for the last three years uh, doing those things and helping them build. And a lot of my focus now is building on uh, more tightly integrated teams. Mm hmm. And you'll love this, starting with exercises, yeah. because what I tell them is you, the fundamental, I don't care what, how much paper you create. Right. Yeah, let's find out what's going down on. Yeah. To capabilities, yeah. right? Yeah. And the best way to figure out where your gaps are and to build capabilities is do it, exercise it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we like to hear that, of course. So, uh, yeah, that's good news. Um, what are the, some of the specific challenges then that organizations face as it regards to, you know, these types of situations? Because they can flare up at any moment of time, right? It's, it's almost, you know, that, you know, you talk about predictability, we just mentioned. And there's it's this unpredictable environment that uh, they operate in, whether it's in the Africas or the parts of Asia, even South America, we've seen recently with some situations. I had a, a friend um, in uh, South America recently was caught up with all the demonstrations. I believe it was, was it Peru, if I'm not mistaken? Peru, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there was talk about, you know, trying to, you know, go to ground for a few days and see how it plays out. And then eventually they got across one of the borders down there and got out safely. But uh, again, you know, something that built up fairly quickly and then all of a sudden became a challenge what are some of those specifics yeah so you know it, 
this it's a very wide aperture of time, right? Uh, for example, one, one of the things that I do from a speaking keynote speaking is megatrends, right? So looking at demographics, looking at deep de- uh, deglobalization, technology, climate change, uh, all those kind of key drivers for what's driving us into the future, right? Yep. And so in that conversation looking at 2030 and 2050 you can understand a lot about what the world is going to look like and where those tensions are going to you know manifest themselves and when where india's rising and china's kind of plateauing and the west is now you know you know binding together so so all those dynamics there, there, you know, you can kind of play that forward for many, many years. I call that the long burn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so companies need to think about those things from a strategic perspective, right? You know, Apple moving production to India, for example, was yep. part of that, you know, concept. Africa, 50% of the population growth in the next 30 years will yep. be in Africa, right? And so think about the housing and all the structures that you're going to need to support, you know, 2 billion more people, right? So there's a lot of opportunity there and companies are starting to pivot and and, and make those investments, right? So that's the long burn piece of it, mm-hmm. right? Then you got to bring that aperture a little bit closer in, in, in one to three years. And you look at things that, again, whether it's uh, typically resource-based, for example, water, so, you know, so, you know, Ethiopia and Egypt, you know, or China and centrally Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, you know, everybody that draws water from the plate, um, Tibetan plateau, you know, is, is basically, you know, has the, you know, China has the hand around their neck as far as water. So, so those are the things that we look at. So again, you have a, a long time to think about these things, strategically figure out what you want to do and act on it. But then you have Things that flare up, unrest like in Peru or the yeah. war, you know, in in uh, Ukraine, which was there since 2014, and then obviously, you know, went from kind of a, a static, uh, you know, war uh, or just you know conflict to a full blown war. Yeah. Uh, and so we, you know, we're constantly looking at those things and indicators to help companies get, get as much heads up to figure out when do they need to make investments and move before it's too late and that's that's that balance sure great well well that's re- really uh, interesting um how, how you approach that uh, you, you mentioned that you know some of the types of scenarios um you know what uh what, you know what should businesses you know be looking out for whether they're new into a market or, or whether they've been there for a while um I, of course there's the traditional ones that you've touched on um you know um that uh, flare up from time to time but uh what other types of situations could they uh could be planning for you mentioned scenario planning before yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, one of the things that we, when I sit down with clients and we sit down with clients and, you know, I don't know where in my history I picked this up, but it's a really a great way to think about it. And that is you can't sit here and like, look at a, look at an opportunity, right. Going into a country or yep. whatever you're going to do and, and try to enumerate every possible situation, problem, yeah. right? you know, as yeah. I call it, the causes, right. Yeah. And if you actually say, okay, there's a lot of things that can happen, but let's look over here and the very small set of effects, right? And let's look at those effects. I don't care 
you know, if, if I have a, uh, you know, back office uh, center in Chennai, right? Yep. And that's it. I have a single point of failure in my system in there. And, and so if I focus on the effect, losing access and availability of that facility, whether it's sure. a flood, whether it's a unrest, whether it's a strike, I don't care, whether it's the yep. pandemic, right? right. Uh, what I want to do is plan for the loss of that capability, right? Sure. And and so that's what helps clients like focus on things now that they can get their head on. Then we go look at and say, okay, from that you know range of you know flood, flood, fire, fury, you know, right. uh, we can look at you know what's what's the probability, what's the duration, you know, you can kind of do another level of analysis, right? But you know, a meteor could come in and crush the building, right? So, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's really what we do, but. So that's like loss of asset or loss of the business processes within that capability. But the other part of it is, you know, loss of the ability to operate or nationalization of your business. And sure. so that's where more of that, you know, kind of political, geopolitical situation comes in where you've got to look at what's the history and what is the likelihood that there will be issues with neighbors and may may impact your ability to operate. And we've seen that in all over the all over the globe uh at this point where you have you know nation state conflicts that are going on typically again over resources sure and um and that's usually the heart of it so sure yeah i remember coming into the industry after leaving the military some 20 years ago now and uh looking at some plans back then uh you know, you know certainly on the communication side you know there, there would be um you know a whole binder full of different scenarios right and that we could you know uh, different paths that we could head down of course you know you're not looking for page 117 when mm -hmm. when the um you know proverbial hits the fan right mm -hmm. and uh, i always remember this you know, period of transition where you know um organizations realized that um you know we need to be more flexible and nimble and the crisis and management agile, right? agile yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it's really about you know the process and how we come together and practicing that piece that component of it and being you know well disciplined and, and organized and being being ready for for anything um like like you mentioned there so yeah, uh, and, and in the military as you well know when you exercise especially live and you say dan i wish i had Right. You know, it's right, like, well, yeah. if we only had, you know, a jerry can of diesel right now, we could <laughs> right. get through this. Right. Right. So yeah. having those recovery resources sure. and being able to think about that, you know, OK, we're going to, you know, move equipment from point A to point B. Well, do we have the reason, you know, we're going right. to move people, you know, to somewhere do we even have a bus or transport? So these exercises are so important for you to like do this and realize what assets do you need for recovery that are not part of the business as usual, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And again, going through those paces in those, you know, as realistic as you possibly can scenarios, are the only times where really those questions get asked, right? Mm -hmm. We can sit around the table and have a meeting all day long, but yeah. really, unless we're challenged, right? And put in those situations, again, you know, tabletops are even effective as well, right? As long mm -hmm. as we've got a realistic scenario and we've got the right people around the table asking the right questions. Or you have, uh, you know, you're working through a scenario and you know, let's say it's a payroll failover and you're going to, instead of doing the automated bank, bank processing, you're going to do an upload to the system, right, manually. 
And yep. uh, so, you know, you're okay. You know, they're thinking, oh, well, I know how to do that, right? right? I can log in and do that. And then someone throws in an inject and says, oh, your network just went down. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> wait a minute, I'll get on my phone, right? Right. Yeah. And it, and it <laughs> well, happens, right? And, <laughs> yeah, or, I, or, you, or one that we had that was really funny is on this payroll, it was like there was one woman that had the credentials. Oh, Right. To go in it. And so we learned about that when we were doing the planning. planning yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so we get them there and they say, OK, you know, Sally's going to. And I said, oh, no, no, Sally's, Sally's on not a here cruise. today. <laughs> yeah. Sally's on a cruise this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And out of communication reach as well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, which, again, you know, this is real basic stuff as well. Some of it. So, it um, yeah. So ongoing planning, though, uh, Bruce, uh, in terms of preparing for different situations, uh, you touched on some of them there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the in these types of scenarios, well, the what you know outside of the exercises we, we, which we've touched on, what else are you uh, recommending for for the organizations that you work with? So, unfortunately, with a lot of the companies right now that I'm working with, especially that have a nexus with whether it's Ukraine, which is live fire, whether it's Serbia, whether it's Belarus, whether it's Russia. Um, is is having to deal with what I call, you know, we call people risk management, yep. right? And uh, and the need to plan for rapid exit, evacuations, you know, those kinds of, uh, you know, kind of scenarios and activities. And the kinds of things I've been talking about now is really about business continuity and business resilience and sure. business operations. When you're talking about rapid exit and evacuation, this is like people's lives, right? right? And so what I find is people are not comfortable with that, right? They, they tend to turn to specialist organizations and just do this, right? Right, right. And yeah. hope that yeah. it all goes well. Yeah. But the reality is it's a partnership in making these happen, especially if it's a detention, right, or anything like that. So thinking through that and say, okay, what legal support do you have? Do you have connections with the State Department or Foreign Service? Um, or foreign commonwealth office and and you know think about these things that are not normally in the corporate dna because yeah. that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with and did deal with and are continuing to deal with out there and whether it's the situation in peru right you know where you've got massive demonstrations shut down of transportation people stuck it's like how am i going to handle that and work through that and do you have the internal grease and do you have the right suppliers and support structure for where your people are deployed to affect their recovery, right? Their, you know, their evacuation. So that that's that's a hot area right now for companies because they've been bit many times in the last two years. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One, um, talk about the detailed planning there through, and it's interesting because, you know, I, I commend organizations that do continually continue to plan during these events. Right. So obviously Russia, Ukraine is ongoing. Um, we have one client, same kind of thing that they're, they're thinking about the next level, right? So they're thinking about what about the NATO countries that surround there? What about the employees? Uh, if some, some employees want to stay, who who's staying, who's going? So that all, all factors into, you know, your planning, can we move them somewhere else within the country you know mm -hmm. all, all those great questions come out um so so even mm -hmm. even if you're in the middle of it then uh you know planning is still critical well as i always say a near miss is a perfect opportunity to exercise right and it doesn't have to be a kinetic no. problem you know it can be 
you know, a, a, a sabotage of the one gas pipeline to the UK and and some, you know, destruction of the northern, you know, North Sea uh, gas right. fields, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden you've got to evacuate people out of the UK because it's too difficult to operate yeah. there and live there, right? And so, you know, so it does, or Finland or anybody else that's involved in this could be, you know, collateral damage, right? Sure. And uh, so the evacuation may not be like life and death, but practicality and the ability to continue to operate, you, you need to get them out of there, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we were talking a little bit earlier on, not, not about predictions, but about forecasting. And um, <laughs> of course, you know, there's lots of great tools out there and uh, resources. I'm sure there's, oh, yeah, a, there's I'm sure there's AI involved in, in the process. Um, and there's, you know, lots of experts out there as well. But, uh, you know, what, what's your advice as it relates to forecasting and, uh, you know, the, the political, geopolitical risk environment at this moment in time you know you know we look at at, uh you know when you're when you've got the kinds of kind of mega you know disruption that we have in in the world right now it's pretty straightforward to forecast guess what more of the same into 2023 right right it's not like you're going to snap your fingers and it's suddenly going to Everyone's going to be, you know, sunshine and roses, not happening, right? So, so you've got to have a structure and and what I call kind of endurance, right, to continue to monitor and understand and looking for those indicators and then, you know, managing your response to those indicators. That could be preparedness or further hardening of your resilience around whatever it is or actual response action taking right so so that's kind of like the key skills that you need to preserve and hone and people are really tired yeah <laughs> you know? yeah uh you know the, the term poly crisis or cascading crisis so you know kind of crises so you know we've got to start looking at the health and well-being of these teams that are trying to support all of this and they are exhausted this this is a 24 by 7 every day of the year continuous burden right and uh so i talk to clients more and more now about the you know taking some time for these people to cycle out and 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 put them into you know, planning or or exercising or whatever, and just kind of get their mind off of this like daily grind and the next, you know, cascading numbers of missiles that are going into Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's really important for 2023, you know, beyond that, you know, we still have China out there, you know, kind of gnashing and saber rattling and sending jets into Taiwan. So that's, you know, put speed, we've got North Korea still mobbing, you know, so, you know, all of these things, even if they don't have a nexus with your footprint, <laughs> they can drive a cascading series of issues like a global recession, like sure. fuel costs, like food, you supply know, and supply chain, chain yeah, right. issues yep. that yep. ultimately can affect you. So I would say, you know, in the last three years, because of COVID and all the geopolitical boundary and border and crossing and supply chain, uh, I've never seen more focus in 40 years on geopolitical risk than I've seen in the last, you know, three, four years, three years, really. Uh, So it's, you know, if you're not on it, you need to be on it and help your company 
start thinking through these things and 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 running even a tabletop just to look at okay what what if we lost x or what if we were denied y right right yeah i think it gives ownership as well when when you're in those exercises right so you're around the table with the decision makers and and when you're discussing it's like oh well that's an issue who owns the issue you're more likely to take care of that issue if you take ownership of it right there and then Robert, so one of the things that I have learned over the last decade that is like super critical, and that is when I go into the client, I try to understand what are your organizational value generating objectives? What are your objectives, right? Yep. And let's look at them and like, let's say, what's the winner? What's the most important Because if you can tie the risk and what you're doing down here around preparedness to the cert, helping them achieve more certainty in achieving that objective, now you have ownership from the board, right? To the executive leadership, somebody owns that objective, and then they have a great deal of stake in what we're doing here to evaluate, you know, multidisciplinary, look at the risks that you have, and then figure out. Where should we focus our effort to make sure that we're we're more resilient and supporting them and mitigating uncertainty in them achieving that objective? You get alignment up and down the organization rather than just pulling something out of the air. Yeah. Right. yeah, for sure. Without that buy-in, it's uh, the program, the exercise programs do not work, and we, right. we've we've experienced that firsthand. As mm-hmm. we're on exercises, and we start to wrap up here, Bruce. This has sure. been uh, this has been great. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a story or two um, as it relates to any you know good 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 bad or ugly, if you will, that's uh, happened to you uh, in the exercise experience? Uh, uh, our listeners would love to hear <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, whether whether again with no names, uh, you know, uh, you know, funny, sure, sure. Uh, valuable lessons. How however it may turn out yeah i mean obviously i've mentioned a few just going through our conversation but um hmm. so well one with well we'll do the geopolitical one because it uh, caused a bit of a row uh with this this was back in the summer of 2012 right and a large it outsourcing company engaged us to develop a global exercise you know crisis management involving uh, the Middle East region and the company and their delivery services, you know, it was a massive, massive uh, effort. And uh, and so when we were building the scenario with the team, uh, we had we we uh, basically said, OK, well, here's the scenario. Right. You know, uh, you know, contractor, you know, one of your employees is, is uh, you know, working with this Middle East oil company. And uh, and they were paid off to inject a malware into the internal network as an insider using USB delivery. Right. And so that was the basic premise of it. And then, of course, obviously, the effect on the client and the shutdown of their operations. And then, of course, the blowback on tracing back of where it came from, from a reputational and and legal and all the other things. So that was the idea right and so we would kind of laid this out we executed this scenario and 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 did all this stuff uh it was it was uh quite successful and uh and in fact the client uh actually got debriefed on this as far as what they were doing and uh and literally so this was like i don't know maybe july june july time frame and then in august of 2012 if people remember was exactly that threat scenario and and incident with uh saudi aramco yep. 
in in the Middle East, right? Yep. And uh, so, so you know, everyone, you know, because so many people are, well, they took aback, like, well, what did we know? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or did we, uh, you know, did we affect this, you know, just because right. you know, yeah. we were so involved, you know? So there was this, all this like turmoil about, you know, and you can imagine, because we had, the general counsel and the CEO, you know, everyone that was involved because of the crisis management team. Right. So just everybody knew what was going on. And then here it actually happened. Right. right. So, so that was, uh, that was a very interesting uh, time and sensitive, right. You know, because of the whole nature of what was going on. So, so, you know, that's, you know, one that just was one of those like, crazy coincidences but it's happened at, at it a happens, lower, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know because you, you know you think about things that can happen and sure they happen right yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah we, we had an active shooter one time i've told this story a couple of times before i think and mm -hmm. uh it was a scenario running for the management team in, in chicago and they had a you know one of their larger offices in uh, i think it was down in dallas and uh of course in the middle of the tabletop exercise there was a call to facilities saying an employee had left the office and the employee said um to the lady that's behind the desk i'm going to my car to get my gun and i'm coming back <laughs> and now he didn't nothing happened luckily and i'm you know that's why i'm kind of got a smile, a smile on my face here but uh you know of course the exercise came to a halt and, and they go into you know um you know crisis response mode uh, for a period of time until mm. they figured out what was going on and then we were back in the game after about 30 minutes but uh yeah it can happen yeah and of course we've held uh you know scheduled exercises with clients because we do so many um you know, when, when you think of it, like on the business continuity side of house, we have a program called Agile Business Continuity, right? And uh, it distributes responsibility for business continuity to the functions and, and, and business units, and then has a sprint structure for, you know, what's the backlog? What are we going to focus on this sprint? And then we'll run through the sprint, update the plans, and then you know plan you know then cycle to the next sprint so a very straightforward structure but the, every sprint sprint starts with an exercise right right and what we have found with that is it aligns everyone to the reality of what we're trying to get to because they sit there and they go wow that's a gap that's a problem we don't know you know and and everyone kind of just kumbaya comes together and sees the problem right right and then as you finish working through the sprint to get to actually then, you know, updating and doing improvement plan around what they have uh, is I find and we have found that it's a lot better than kind of going to the end of all that work when they're, you know, and you're you're pushing, you know, quasi BIA stuff at them and, right. and, and looking at old documents and asking the question, why do you even have these documents? Have you ever looked at them? Right. So maybe <laughs> yeah, right. Different. And so they're all worn out by the time they get to the end. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 If you start with it, then they're all like supercharged. They see right. what's going on. They know what needs to be done. And, uh, and so that's, and, you know, I feel like a really, uh, powerful way to do it and and has been really great uh, especially down at that unit level and function sure. level within companies because they they know their world right yeah, yeah for sure yeah i have a call tonight actually uh with a, an overseas uh, unit uh, back end office of a client that we're doing something similar for uh coming mm -hmm. up later on in february and uh, uh the devil is always in those details for sure but um yeah okay this has been great yeah. stuff yeah bruce uh where can folks find you um you know can they connect with you i'm sure linkedin or have you got a website and yep. macandoriskadvisory.com and 
Uh, but plug for Agile Business Continuity. I'm doing a session on that at Continuity Insights uh, this year. So great. Yeah, so but we'll add, we'll add some uh, show notes at the bottom here. And if you want to provide me that link, um, shoot, shoot an email over, and I'll add it into the show notes. And uh, yeah, this this will be coming out. We've got a couple of week, couple of uh, episodes before this one, but this will be coming out soon enough. Sounds good. I well, appreciate your time today, Bruce. And um, you know, best of luck out there. And hopefully, we'll be in touch again soon. <laughs> Take care. Well, that wraps up episode 113 of the PreparedX podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, can you rate us on iTunes, please, or any of the uh, other outlets where you're listening to this? Thanks again for joining us today. Have a safe and enjoyable day. <laughs>